0: everybody welcome to rachel's reviews and today we are back talking about the summer box office we did our predictions in june and it was really fun and now we are here to see who is uh, was the most prophetic of their predictions and i'm film critic rachel wagner and dan and joe are here this is so fun thank you both for coming back on
1: (laughs) oh thank you for having us back on
0: yes so y'all have good summers
2: and- yeah yeah really really good uh, mm-hmm. went really quickly yes um so yeah it is crazy to think that with you know at the end of august and autumn's around the corner and yeah it, it's, it's just gone way too quick and i mean yeah. what a movie season and i think you know just to kick it off i mean how wrong was i i think i was <laughs> I, I did i might i should never predict anything in fact i was the first person when joe and i did a show uh, right at the start of covid so it was like a middle of March time. And I said, oh, this will blow over. It'll be, I'd say about a month and we'll be back to normal. And that's how, and my, everything I predict goes horribly wrong. And that's the case for this list because well, I was completely wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm even worse than you on that though, Dan, because I remember when they, our local theater announced that it could be two to six weeks. And I was like, six weeks, no way. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: yeah. They, they were definitely being generous. <laughs> yeah,
0: what? Yes. <laughs> so yes, Joe is the big winner. I mean, the won't bury the lead. I mean, you nailed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I, <laughs> I I I don't have my list at hand, so I can't remember the full the full ten. Um, but I I, I remember having a strong feeling about Top Top Gun Maverick, yeah. um, just because of the word of mouth which which which, which was coming out around that time. And um and yeah, to just see it take off as as much as it has, it's been uh it's been fantastic. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, interesting summer overall. I think in terms of in terms of the films we've had, it's felt well, um very strange. I think it's been interesting having films play longer in cinemas. I think Dan's always said in terms of the changes like post COVID. Um, this whole like the bigger films now stay in cinemas longer because a lot of the smaller films and Dan yeah. and I were used to going to see you know about four films on an average Friday night maybe in the past nowadays you're lucky to get like two big releases on a Friday night in, in the UK at least That's Um, true. so it's very interesting because I mean I saw Elvis I think about Two months after it the release date, which is very unlike me, but I was on holiday and everything like that. And the amount of showings Elvis was still getting two months after its release date was was incredible. And I just think, definitely, feels like the bigger films are getting the the most play now in cinemas, and the smaller sort of indie hits are, are in and out in in, in a heartbeat, really.
0: Yeah I mean it depends a little bit like uh, the um, everything everywhere all at once uh, you know it lasted a long time mm-hmm. and even I think is getting another release uh, no. in, yeah nope I, my favorite movie of the summer it, it they tried with it but it didn't get enough seats to be on certainly on the top 10 but I loved Marcel the Shell with shoes on was my favorite. Uh wait I it it, was... wait
1: wait 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 it wasn't minions rise of Groove. Yeah. <laughs> <I, I thought, laughs> Who would have thought that was a shoe I thought
0: that was a shoe in.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Did you guys get to see this? Marcel Lachelle?
2: No, I don't no. think it's released oh. yet. No. No, no UK release date for Marcel yet. But oh. uh, he's, he's he sounds wonderful, he sounds very French, maybe. Marcel? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, I've good. heard really good things about it. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing I it. I loved
0: it. I thought it was really good. So people should definitely keep an eye on, on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's dive in. Let's talk. We'll go over the actual top 10. We'll talk about where we had and uh, what we think about them. Uh, but yeah, I I heard, I was reading that Top Gun Maverick might be number one this weekend again. So wow. that would mean that it started the summer at number one and ended the summer at number one which is wild
1: which is wild wild. yeah (laughs) yeah it's the tom cruise effect i think think you can call it
0: but number 10 of the summer according to box office mojo this is domestic for the summer because they don't actually have the summer numbers for worldwide on box office mojo and i wasn't able to find it anywhere else Uh, But so number 10 is Where the Crawdads Sing, which made over a hundred million dollars. And I went with Downton Abbey as my female film pick, but I should have gone with Where the Crawdads Sing. And I should have known because it was a very popular novel. You know, it was a big book club pick. So there were probably a lot of women who all went kind of what I was thinking would happen with Downton Abbey ended up happening with Where the Crawdads Sing um uh, i actually i enjoyed the film i gave it a fresh um it had a lot of atmosphere good lead performance um it the the romance is kind of not the best um the love triangle they they i think hey, they weren't able to capture the interesting characters of the men in the book they made them kind of more bland uh leading guys um but I thought it was okay. It was okay. It wasn't great, but it was all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think this was even on my list uh, where they're no. dancing. Um, And uh, and yeah, I I thought exactly the same. I thought it was fine. To be honest, I thought I I, I do love you know the drama. I love a little bit of drama, and mm-hmm. I did. There's a moment in the film where her sort of main love interest returns after like. Doing the dirty on her and like abandoning her for years, yeah. and I, I did do a ooh, like looked around. At the <laughs> oh crowd no, she going, didn't. Oh. I was like, this is this is getting juicy. Um, well, and they yeah. made
0: in the movie they made Chase more relatable. I guess they he's definitely more of an outright villain in mm. the book, uh, and in this they tried to kind of I felt like they tried to make it more of a love triangle, which it really isn't in the book
1: okay interesting well i've not read the book Mm -hmm. but dan you didn't you weren't a massive fan of
2: this (laughs) no and actually it's a real surprise because i do love um those kind of nicholas sparks-esque romance novels (laughs) um i'm a massive fan of those so i did think i was going to enjoy this in particular the love triangle but you're right rachel i think there's just no charisma, there's no uh, from the cast. I felt like um, Daisy Edgar Jones, who who leads this film, she was excellent, but I felt like the two other leads, the two other guys just were very, very flat. Um, And I felt like the film just lacked direction for me. I think it struggled to decide what it wanted to be. I know a lot of, I know friends who've read the novel who were very pleased with this adaption, who say that it really captures the novel well. But for me, it struggled between this kind of court case drama, which I thought was quite interesting. And then I think it wanted to kind of be a movie a mystery thriller and it kind of that didn't go so far and then you've also got this kind of love triangle and I think it's commenting on kind of the politics of, of it of the time period in which it's set um so yeah I, I thought it was fine I, I didn't mm-hmm. you know hate it um I, it was very long and it felt very long for me but it, it, it's so good to have a, a you know a film from Sony which I don't think anybody thought was going to do very well produced by Reese Witherspoon it's great to see it at number 10 it really is because I would not have predicted this to be in the top mm-hmm. 10 at all
0: yeah I think they could have used a lot more of the courtroom and less mm. of the chase yes. Jason Tate yeah. drama uh and there is more of it in the book so i i don't i don't know if i would say this was a good adaptation of this book but it captures the feeling and i think they did capture kaya really well the lead character that they did a good job with that but yeah but, uh, but yeah it it's it was a, i was glad to see that a m- movie directed towards women did so well because i yeah. I think the Hollywood could learn that lesson and make more movies for women uh but uh but yeah, it felt I said in my review that it kind of felt like a longer lifetime movie, which it, it that's i don't know if that means anything to both of you, but lifetime uh lifetime makes kind of oh uh, like thrillers kind of cheesy fun over the top thrillers yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's yeah. A thing too.
1: <laughs> yeah, a it's ch- it's it, it would probably be our equivalent of a Channel Five afternoon movie. We've, yeah, we've yeah, spoken yeah. about this before. Definitely a Channel Five three p.m. <laughs> afternoon called like Deadly, yeah. Deadly, Dangerous Love or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like Killer Cheerleader <laughs> Mom or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So the one it. that sorry, the one that all of us had on our list that did not make the top ten is Bullet Train.
1: Ooh, wow, it didn't yeah. make the top 10.
0: Yeah,
1: I wasn't aware it. of that. Wow, now I mean, wow. it, it could
0: still have some legs in it, possibly. Let's see where it's at. It's at number 11, mm. uh, and it's uh, it's at 78 million, uh, where where the crowded sting is at 81.
1: Mm. So
0: it's possible it could, uh, mm.
2: but
1: yeah. yeah,
0: it's at 11,
2: and and you know, it had such a great slot. You know, it had such a great release date, the start of August, summer season. It, it had no competition, um, especially here in the UK. I think Nope came out the week later, but it had real no competition. And I remember going to watch it and they hide out all the IMAX screens, all the kind of 4DX super screens for it. Um, and I remember going to in to see it in IMAX and there was nobody there who turned up. Um, which I was shocked by. And I think people are are talking now about Brad Pitt and about whether he is, as a movie star, a good catch for people. Um, And I love Brad Pitt. I think he's great. And I I liked him in this a lot. Um, But yeah, maybe kind of fell below um, Sony's expectations. But I think Sony have done really well this summer. Mm -hmm. I really do. I I think Sony for me throughout the pandemic have been very fair. And um, they've kind of delayed a lot of films, they've kept a lot of films back and and you know, and I think Bullet is done has done well. I don't think it's done probably as well as they had hoped, but um yeah, I mean who knows it might might come into the top ten, but um
1: yeah. Yeah, I worth. I don't I'd be shocked if it did, to be honest. I mean, I, I thought it would, again it was fine. Um, but I, I I've heard rumblings of a lot of people walking out of screens on Twitter. I, I saw a guy tweet saying that four people walked out of his screen. Um, My mum went to watch it, um, and that was quite funny because she thought it was like a murder on the Orient Express type (laughs) movie. Totally not that movie. Um, She said four people walked out of her screen, so I'm hearing rumblings of like a lot of people walking out. And I don't know why that is because I think it is exactly what it has been marketed as. I think going in, I knew exactly what to expect, so I don't know if it's because... People are going in and thinking, oh, this is maybe more violent than I thought, or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of walkout. So Weird. I would probably say it has the level of enthusiasm for it has probably petered out to the point where uh, where the Crawdads Sing is probably a safe bet of of keeping that spot. Um, but well, I it cost
0: it was- ninety million to make. It's made one hundred seventy three. So I would say that probably is a disappointment. I I think mm-hmm. they probably wanted it to do better. Uh, I didn't love it it was too stupid for me I I mean just the absolute ludicrous scenes (laughs) like when he (laughs) he jumps on top of the moving bullet train and like then crashes through this thick pane of glass and then he's somehow able to pilot the the uh the train I mean it was just I was just I don't know it was just too stupid for me (laughs)
1: No, I I one hundred percent get that, and and too long as well. Oh, I I feel long. like it definitely could have been with uh done with a quarter of an hour, sort of skimmed off at of the top of it.
0: Yeah. Bit, but- that- I think they could have cut out Joey King's character completely. Oh yes. yes.
1: Oh thank Rachel. Thank goodness. <laughs> Cheers to
2: that. Oh, I don't know what it is. I can't stand the girl. I really can't. <laughs> and she does this British accent here, <laughs> and it's awful. And she's just cringeworthy. Like I really don't yeah. like her as an actress. I really think she needs to stay on Netflix and do like a kissing
1: booth Ooh, or whatever no. she does. Oh damn. Oh damn. I do.
2: I really do. And yeah. I mean, it's no, no spoilers but she is in a lot of the film, okay? I did think, yeah. oh, maybe she'll have a, a quick cameo and a, get killed off, but no, she's in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's 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 talented, Um, I guess, but I'm not a fan of her at all. And I agree, <laughs> I think. Uh, Joey King needs to be dethroned, I think. Yes. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> well, I mean, That's and everybody should have died multiple times within this movie. Yeah, too. Many times. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just i don't know so i guess it's just a how much you can suspend your disbelief
1: yeah absolutely and i did see it in 4dx and which is like the theme park made it a sort of theme park ride bumping and you know the oh smoke my gosh. and stuff and I and, and i think that definitely maybe made the experience a little bit more enjoyable um but yeah it was just one of those films which again sort of forgot about instantly mm-hmm. as soon as i left the screen it was like do you enjoy that? Yeah. And then moved on. With my life. I've,
0: I've only seen one movie in my life in the D box. Uh, that's what right. we call it here, D box. It was the second Maze Runner movie. Cool. And I <laughs> hated it so much. Like, never again will I ever sit in those D boxes. <laughs> I love that.
1: I prefer that. D box is definitely better um, than 4D. Sounds,
2: sounds much cooler, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. D box. Hey, hey, dude, I'm just going to go D box over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, yeah. So I had Bullet Train at 10. Dan had it at 9. Uh, and Joe had it at 10. So yeah. we weren't that far off because yeah. it was at 11. Yeah. Uh, all right number nine was the black phone which dan you had it 10 and uh and joe had it eight okay so So we were pretty close you were pretty close i did not have it anywhere yeah but surprise i actually saw it because i'm not that big of a horror person and i actually enjoyed it i thought it was well done yeah yeah. yeah it was very tense it kind of reminded me of 10 cloverfield lane which is a yes. thriller favorite of mine uh it, you know that whole thing with somebody trying to get out of out of the house and, yeah. and everything i thought the two kids were really good mm. uh, i thought that ethan Hawke was creepy
2: mm. and mm.
0: uh yeah i thought it worked i enjoyed it i liked the whole aesthetic 70s aesthetic
2: yeah definitely it it definitely had it definitely had kind of you said a very 70s retro and reminded me a lot of stephen king and and, and and it's a lot of the time yeah well there we are (laughs) thank (laughs) you (laughs) um yeah, you're right. I love the aesthetic and um, Ethan Hawke was absolutely terrifying. He gave me chills um, and you're right, it was a really kind of smart, um, chilling, disturbing kind of horror thriller um, and it's great to see that I think horror films in general um, are coming back to the theatres. It is the best place to watch it. I could not imagine watching the Black Phone at home. I'm really glad I watched it in the theatre um, and it was a great atmosphere there. Everyone was really, really tense and scared um, and you're right and I think it, it, it isn't like an nasty gruesome horror film at all it has substance to it I think it's trying to say something um and yeah just had a ton of fun with it I thought it was um I thought Ethan Hawke was just I mean if there's an Oscar um for you know for for horror then he's gonna have to get it he was
1: terrifying yeah and I, I
0: heard somebody saying that they thought that he is too his voice isn't like creepy enough. Like, he's they're used to him playing like more positive yeah. characters. But to me, that actually made it more creepy to have yeah. his than if it had been somebody like I don't know who plays a lot of villains like Michael Shannon or somebody like that. Like, to me, it made it more creepy that here's this voice that we know and love, but he's obviously creepy. So, I don't
1: yeah, know. very evil. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this was probably one of my big I I really enjoyed it off the bat but I still felt a little bit disappointed about this cuz I think the marketing for this film was really pushing that this was going to be a big deal and I and I and I thought that you know it's one of those things we're going to be talking about with Top Gun word of mouth is such a massive thing with cinema audiences uh, these days, especially. And I think they were really hoping that, you know, by marketing it as, you know, the next terrifying chapter of horror and making out there was going to be, you know, groundbreaking, um, they sort of a rod off their own back. Because when, when I saw it, I was like, this is great, but perfectly average at the same time. There's nothing new here there's nothing which I think audiences are going to be raving about. um my girlfriend's mother fell asleep <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and and yeah i I left and I thought that was really enjoyable, but I yeah f- I felt really sort of let down that it wasn't what the marketing was basically pushing for, and I think that's perhaps why it hasn't done as well as it has because the word of mouth has wasn't quite at that level that the studios were hoping that it would be at
0: yeah, I mean I think it's like a base hit it wasn't like it wasn't something yeah that I'll be talking about for and I'm sure yeah. we're gonna get a million sequels black phone two three four five <laughs> but,
2: uh, but <laughs> yeah as, as, as long as long as you don't call it the white phone please don't do that, <laughs> <laughs> please don't do that. Uh,
0: but it made a lot of money I mean as far as uh, profit because it costs 18 million and it made 157
1: wow wow yeah that was yeah. a massive hit yeah definitely many wise yeah that is that is crazy um so yeah no doubt then we will get we will get more prequel a sequel a reimagining a multiverse <laughs> <Well, no. laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: what was Hopefully. the name of the the grabber I and mean, well that's you know we're gonna get a movie the grabber yes the Grab oh about yeah about his origin
1: story yeah 100 percent. they will milk that as much as they can now 100% <laughs>
0: Yeah, his, like, being abused as a kid and him turning into the grabber.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Halloween, summer, summer in 2024. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah.
2: great. I, I, mean, I mean, they are announcing a 10th Saw film, so, I mean, <laughs> they've got plenty more to come of this. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Anything is possible. Yes.
0: Uh, all right. Well, number eight was uh, Nope. Rowan pills. Nope was number eight at the box office. And it made 117 million domestic. And I actually didn't. I should have looked up how much us and um us and Get Out made. Um, I think it's. I think it's the lowest performing of Jordan Peele's.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. Uh, let's see here.
2: I, I've, I've heard that too, that it, it has obviously Get Out was kind of this sensation and it's Get Out did really, really well. Um, but yeah, I think it is lowest performing so far, domestic and international. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But yeah, you know, I, Joe and I disagree on this film. It was quite interesting. So we went to see it together, um, not in kind of IMAX. So we watched it in 2D um and we both walked out and i didn't know what joke sometimes we see films and we know instantly what we both thought throughout the film normally either of us groan or moan or kind of laugh (laughs) if if, if it's a really bad film we're not not supposed to laugh we laugh a lot and we kind of know walking out we turn to go oh that wasn't very good we walked out this and i was like really nervous i said so what do you think? And Joe said, well, it's not a five star. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, no. Um, yeah, I did not did not care for this at all. I, I'm trying to um, give it a second viewing. Um, firstly, I think it, it looks stunning. Um, the IMAX cameras that Jordan Peele's used look brilliant. The cinematography is excellent. Um, the film is a lot about the external shots. It's all about you know the, the, the sky and these kind of aliens that are coming down um that looks great i just think for me get out and us was so unique because they had such great subtext they were um about something they were giving big statements uh, about kind of the political and social um period of that time it was so clever how how he was able to symbolize different things for those films um and also just kind of incredibly creepy and and intense and and just how it built mood and atmosphere, both of those films were just excellent. And uh, I just didn't get it here with with Nope at all. I, I, I thought there was some really dull parts to it. There's a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of unexplained answers that um, John Peel wants us to go back and, and get get kind of our, our books out and read about. And I, I don't, I do believe that sometimes with very complex narratives, you do have to go and, and do your research and, and read afterwards. But I don't think it has to depend on your enjoyment of the film that you have to do those things at all I I think I think you can do that as extra but I think you know it's got to be clear from the film what exactly what he's trying to say but I don't know I I didn't care for this but I know Joe Joe liked it yeah Yeah. I'd
1: like oh go ahead so yeah I I I liked I've seen it twice now I have seen it twice and um I needed that second viewing to get my head wrapped around it a little bit more and to dig down a bit deeper into certain aspects, because he is one of those filmmakers who I love and I've given his last two films, the full five stars. So when you have those expectations going in, you can always feel a little bit disappointed. So I think a second viewing is always key in those situations um, because yeah, there were certain aspects which left me feeling cold, I I agree, Dan. I think it's his probably most visually stunning film that he's made so far. Um, But there were certain aspects that I missed, you know, the, the social commentary, it is there, but it's more, I think it's hidden a little bit deeper. You know, I've had to go out and read a lot of articles and get various people's, uh, you know, film critics. I, I love their articles about it. And, um, Yeah, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Um, But yeah, it did leave me cold in in certain aspects. But a second viewing did definitely improve things without those, you know, massive expectations um, of it. But yeah, I thought it was fine. It's a shame that it's not done as well as the other two. Um, But again, maybe that's a word of mouth thing because Get Out and Us had just, you know, people talking and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about Nope.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> for me, I I didn't care for it. I mean, I I, I agree that the uh, the cinematography is great. It looks great. Good performances, but I just found it really muddled, and uh, I didn't uh, see what the point of Stephen Yeun's whole character was in the story. <laughs> I it it was weird to me that people kept describing it as a modern day Jaws, and I'm just like, what? I don't get that at all. Like, just because it has some kind of creature, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, the whole town was against, is against them stopping the, you know, clearing the beach and everything in Jaws. In this, they are literally spectators waiting for this all to happen. They're mm-hmm. they're signed up for his show. So <laughs> I I don't understand what he's really trying to say there. And I did not get... Like again, Stevie Now's whole character just I was like, what does this even mean? I don't understand the whole thing with the monkey and the uh, or grill or whatever. I, I, I don't understand it. And I I just felt like the script was just not there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you can have pretty visuals all you want, but if the script isn't good,
1: then yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and and you're right, the performances are great as well. um, but yeah, i it's it's a shit. It always worries me when things like this happen because, you know, I loved M Night Shyamalan's first couple of films, and then we all saw where his career went. So it always worries me when it's such a fantastic filmmaker filmmaker has worry, a clip like this.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say that that I do feel like this is Jordan Peel's the Village. yes,
1: yes oh, no. exactly. a lot of
2: ideas
0: in there. looks great, beautifully made. Mm. But a mess.
2: And then all of a sudden the last airbender comes out of head. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's
1: so not. That's so no, next no, up is the don't. happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Mm. I know. Yeah. God help wow. us all.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's cool that he's still making in in original films, but I think he needed to have someone have a pass at the script. It just yeah. wasn't there, in yeah, my opinion. 100% uh so yeah so we all had this on our list i had it at seven dan had it at a seven and joe had it at six
1: so and it was I at so, eight yeah very disappointing mm-hmm
0: are you a fan of rachel's reviews do you look forward to family movie night female film critics panels or the talking disney podcast if so please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron as a patron you get to access monthly events such as the watch-alongs and q a's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry and you can pick what i review for family movie night or even become a guest on the podcast podcasts and youtube channels are expensive and i really really could use your help i would so appreciate it you also get to be a member of the facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the rachel's fan tiers that's patreon.com slash hallmarkies number seven this was a big surprise i think is uh light was number seven
2: yeah wow. yeah oh, and surprise
0: I was the closest. I had it at six uh, in my uh, my prediction. And Dan, you had it at four. And <laughs> Joe had it at five. Wow. Uh, they did a terrible job marketing this film. I don't know if it was possible to market it right. It just was such a weird project. I actually ended up thinking it was pretty fun. But I think low expectations probably helped. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> Uh, I I thought it worked as a space movie more than it worked as a Toy Story universe movie. I mean, that was just distracting to me. It every time they it would kind of wink at that. It was just distracting. I I remember I talked with at Christmas con. I was talking with a bunch of my friends who aren't movie people, and they were like, "What? What is this? Why didn't they just make a movie about Buzz?" And I'm like, it is about Buzz, but a different Buzz. And they were like, "What?" <laughs> and so. <laughs> Yeah. It was just a bad idea.
2: I, I, yeah. I, I get. I go, go on, Joe. No, go on. I think again. Joe and I um, disagree on this. I've seen this film three times now, so I saw wow. it quite. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll die on the lightyear hill right now. Okay, guys. Um, I wow. saw it, I saw it twice in theaters. And I saw it once on Disney Plus. Um, and I think you're right, Rachel. The market of this was terrible. Um, it just again not, not not the amount of marketing it was the kind of the, what they showed you in the trailers was very strange this film is, is a tale of two films the first half is like you said it's a more about the space station it's a bit more serious much more emotional really tugged at my heartstrings and there's a sequence in it I'm not going to spoil where Buzz is, is trying to kind of get to hyperspeed and every time he comes back time has moved on and that for me I cried um, which Pixar always does to me every Pixar film I always cry whether I whether I love the film or not I cry and I cried all three times. I might have just tears coming down. It's a really effective sequence. And then the second half of the film is a lot more lighthearted. It's a lot more um, fun, more family friendly. Um, and then for me, the two halves, they don't contrast very well together. It does feel very different, um, but I, I really like this a lot. I think um I think majority critics, I think, enjoyed it. It's performed really badly. Um, I don't know whether it was the competition. I don't know whether it's the audiences maybe were, were put off from it. Um, I'm not sure. But when I went to see it in, in the theatres, there were loads of children just not engaged with it. They were really not interested in it. They were up from their seat. They were going to the toilet a lot um there's a whole thing isn't there about the lgbtq kind of little scene in there which i think is so silly because it's such a small part of the film and and i think and i think it i think it adds a lot to it and i think it's it's it's, i just saw it as it's a really sweet moment so i hope it's not because of that i i don't think it is but yeah i think this is you know a, a bit of a disaster for pixar i'm really disappointed
0: yeah, and it's frustrating because not only was this the first one to be allowed back into the theaters uh, in a long time, but also that yeah, then people because the idea was bad and there were many other reasons why it didn't succeed. But people are using this lack of success as a proof that oh, people it, people were boycotting it or whatever, which I think is bogus. I think if it had been Toy Story five and I think and had that exact same scene somehow in there. It would have made a billion dollars.
1: Yeah. When yeah, what definitely I, I couldn't agree more. And I think th- for me, perhaps it's this whole thing that, that audiences have gotten used to that quick turnaround now with Disney Plus. I mean, Thor 11th Thunder is on Disney Plus, I think, next week. Uh, you know, we we're getting these fast turnarounds now. And I think if you've already got that subscription to Disney Plus. And you know that Lightyear is gonna be on in probably a month's time, um, under that subscription, and you've got the option of either doing that or going to the movies and paying 50 pounds for a family ticket. I think some people will make that decision and go, Well, it'll be on it'll be on streaming in a month's time anyway. So I think that could be a possibility. Um and yeah I, I mean I didn't like this at all you're absolutely right it's just such a weird project and I wonder at what point the filmmakers decided to put the text right at the beginning of the film where they literally explain the concept of like this is the movie which Andy saw and I'm like if you've got to do that yeah then perhaps it's not not really working this whole idea that you have well and, and Danison- it doesn't really
0: make sense because Andy, so supposedly the buzz that we know and love was based on the television show that was inspired, the animated television show that was inspired by the movie, like the Ghostbusters television show. That's what the director said. So, okay. <laughs> so if that's true, then you have to have enough time for the Andy, I think his turns, I think nine, I think in the hmm. original Toy Story. So you have to have enough time for there to be the movie plus the television show plus them making the doll plus Andy getting it for his birthday and so so supposedly what that makes he was like six or seven and does Mm. it makes any sense that he would like this movie
1: when he's six exactly and I, I think it's really interesting Dan that you said you know kids weren't really engaging with it and I think it, it's a perfectly fine, maybe animated movie for, you know, certain ages. But I think younger audiences just I don't blame them for not engaging with it. I, I found it quite dull, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And if I were, you know, a, for a six year old child, especially as some of the plot twists start to happen. I mean, that yeah. whole plot twist with Zig. I mean, Not come great. on! Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. needed. You just have you have a villain, a Darth Vader style villain. You don't need to go any further than that, really. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was watching it thinking, who is this aimed for? And well, I can imagine.
0: And by canon, Zurg is supposed to be Buzz's father.
1: Yes, Remember? Toy Story exactly. Two. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And I just found it dull. Visuals are great as always with Pixar. I mean, they are wonderful. And I think it's a shame they didn't have more faith in in Red or Luca or Soul or any of those films um, mm-hmm. as opposed to putting Lightyear in. Instead, I think it's a it's a real shame.
0: I mean, I gave it a mild recommendation, but I have to say it's not a film I've thought about once since I saw yeah. it. <laughs> I have not had a desire to see it again, which is weird for Pixar. But, uh, but what they should have done, in my opinion, is they should have had a little featurette with the Buzz Lightyear that we know and love uh, with Tim Allen's voice explaining everything that's going on, kind of like what they did for the very first teaser for Zootopia, where they had uh, Nick, Nick Wilde explaining what anthropomorphic meant and explaining what Zootopia is. And uh, there was just like this little teaser that they did. I think that would have yeah. gone a long way mm-hmm. to kind of making people oh okay i get it i guess
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah
0: but if i think if it had just been joe space adventure i would have liked it i think better because i wouldn't be so distracted by all the toy story stuff
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. You're right, though. It's such a weird project. I just hope we don't have one with Woody now. You know, like a like oh, a like was, a, yeah. a western where Woody's yeah. got, you know, Woody's roundup the movie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe <laughs> leave it alone. Leave it alone.
0: Yeah, please no. <laughs> it's just it's just weird when you have like it's just weird when you have two different versions of a beloved character. It's yeah kind of like what they did with in a short with runaway brain for um for mickey which is a horror short um uh, and uh mickey's like like a zombie it's like zombie mickey and that's kind of upsetting to see but it's just a short so it's like okay yeah <laughs> it's not a two and a yeah. half hour movie uh, all right so then we have uh, at number six. We have Elvis. I didn't have that on my list at all, so that was an epic fail. Um, and then Joe, you had it at nine, and Dan, you had it at eight. Okay. Well, yeah. So, what did yeah. we think of Elvis? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I it has its flaws. I mean, the t- Tom Hanks is character was weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but overall, I was kind of dazzled by it. I thought the the it, the performance was so great. This this music. I'm a, a huge sucker for a musical of any kind. So the musical sequences were so great, and I I think they could have honestly ended it at the at the end of the special. I don't think they needed to uh to tell his whole life. Um, I think they just when he has the the breakout with the um uh, this special and he does this the big song for uh supporting the civil rights movement I everything mean, like that would have been such a triumphant I think spot to end the movie um yeah. but I still overall I thought it was pretty fun.
1: Yeah I think it was probably my highlight of the summer to be to be perfectly honest. I gave you the full five stars and I'm so glad I waited out to go see it on the big screen. And I'm so glad it stayed in cinemas for as long as it did. So I could see it on the big screen because I certainly don't think it would have played for a first time watch as well on, on my television. And yeah, I completely same, dazzled by it. Uh, I was really worried about the length of it and worried that it would. Sag and drag a little bit in the middle, but I never at one point felt bored or fed up or that you know checked my watch or anything like that. I just thought the pacing was terrific, performances were outstanding. Austin Butler's great Elvis, uh, Tom Hanks, yes, very very weird, but uh, sort of necessary. I sort of saw it as a horror film in in that way because his character. He he's like he, the, the, he is forget Ethan Hawke. I mean, Tom Hanks as, as the as the colonel is, is absolutely uh the general is is absolutely terrifying. Um but they so shouldn't have had him do it.
0: that accent. It was just weird because the real guy in real life didn't even have that accent.
1: so that was a choice. I mean now yeah, that was that, was that was a heck of a choice <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh for Tom Hanks in that case or Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> but um yeah, I just I just thought was fantastic a a chap behind me clapped at the end of it Wow! absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it and it was just a great atmosphere in the screen and I think everybody was really vibing with it and yeah I can see it like getting a lot of play like we have a lot of outdoor uh, you know you I know you have the the drive-ins with you we have a lot in the summer especially a lot of outdoor cinema screenings and they usually tend to go for films like this year for example they're doing Rocket Man they're doing Spielberg's West Side Story I can totally see next year Elvis being that film which is played across all these screens so I think it's got legs and I think people will be talking about it for for a long time Mm
2: -hmm. yeah absolutely it's got that Baz Luhrmann dazzle to it. Uh, it it's pacing is excellent um, it's beautifully shot and it has a real kind of speed and tempo to it. And I, I disagree, Rachel. I found Tom Hanks excellent. And like, and like, <laughs> like Joe said, very distinct very kind of intriguing and disturbing. Like at, p- at points I was siding with him and at points I was just de- detested him and I was disgusted by him. <laughs> it was a very strange relationship I had with him through the film. But um, I think he, I thought he was very well written and I, I think Aidan Butler is excellent. I think he will receive a lot of the Oscar praise. I think hands down, he will be nominated for best actor. Um, The film is very, very long. The film is almost three hours Um, and I think they could have cut bits down. Um, And, and, and I'm surprised to see that a lot of Elvis fans... Still complained that they didn't cover his life in as much detail as they wanted. Like, how long do you want it to be? Five yeah. hours, six hours? <laughs> but you're right. I think I think it focuses on the highlights, on kind of the big points of his life, which is which is smart because we haven't you haven't got time to do everything. Um, I just but, wish yeah. that
0: more music biopics would take the uh, Walk the Line approach,
2: mm, where they yes. didn't
0: try to tell the entire Johnny Cash story. They just told this one little part. Uh, of his uh, playing it, getting up to him playing at Folsom prison. And then that's when they stopped it. And I feel like that could have been the same thing with stopping at the uh, special.
1: Yeah. Walk the line is great because it is essentially uh, a romantic it's it's a romantic drama which Mm -hmm. happens to also tell the story of Johnny Cash and you're absolutely right I love how it it sort of zones in onto onto one particular aspect it covers a lot of themes of of, his life but does cover sort of that one aspect about his relationship um, with his wife Um, so yeah that, that could have been interesting as well absolutely if maybe they had picked that one, you know if 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 they're making it about Tom Hanks and and uh, and, and Elvis, then you know they could have definitely ended with where you uh, suggested. Mm. I think that would have cut about twenty minutes off for you, Dan. you have been happy with that, wouldn't you?
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I I, 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 de- I definitely would have been clapping at that. Be like, I, I I I would have done a can. I would have just stood and clapped for twenty minutes. <laughs> yes. yeah.
0: Well. Number five, and I think this is a big surprise, uh, is Thor Love and Thunder. It was number five uh, mm-hmm. for the, I mean, it were a big jump between Elvis and this, though. There's They made $336 million domestic. Uh, but I, I think everybody thought it was going to make more than that. I mean, I had it at number two. Dan, you had it at one. And Joe, you had <laughs> it at 3
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: oh I was, so we all I was, had it top three, top three, you know yeah. I, yeah I
2: I was I was so naive. I was so optimistic. I just I looked at Dr Strange too, and I said, mm, that's okay, but leave it to Thor. he'll do. He'll reach a billion. I remember I think I said that. I said for, forget Top Gun. I said, Thor is going to reach a billion. and for some reason and i and i I think I generally think it's just the film. i don't I don't think anybody loved Thor eleven Thunder I don't think even the most Enthusiastic Thor fans loved it, and I certainly didn't. I'm going to say it's the weakest of the series, and I don't even I don't even like Thor One and Two that much. I mean, Ragnarok was was such a difficult film to try and top because I think it had the balance. You had you know Taka Waititi was his first Marvel film. He brought this energy, this exuberance, this this color, this you know, this kind of high-energy style of filmmaking that that Thor franchise has not seen before. It's very different to the Kenneth Branagh films. And then in this film, he's just went 100% on everything. He just went way over the top. And Joe and I have spoken about this, how we feel like he was given too much control. He was given... Marvel gave him too much freedom because there are just certain jokes and gags in this film that are just completely, like, off the cuff, like, not funny at all. There's a whole gag involving goats... That i yeah, i, I, I believe that too
1: much.
2: I, I believe was a meme as the as the kids call it um but it just <laughs> kept it kept repeating over and over again um i thought what they're doing with with Thor's character is just like they're just they're trying to demasculate him as much as they can and, and i get it you know he's been in fourth films we, we need to make way for someone else but just his role in this is just I mean, they, there was a point in time where Thor used to be kind of this strong, you know, powerful character, this Marvel hero, and he's a joke here. He's a joke. He spends time kitchen, cooking. Um, he spends time, you know, having his clothes ripped off him. You know, I think the film does everything it can to kind of really take him as a joker. I mm-hmm. I, I thought Na- I thought Natalie Portman was fantastic in this. I think her plot line, I'm not going to spoil it, because I'm sure people still haven't seen it, but her subplot is the best thing about the film. It's a real kind of emotional undercore to the film. Um, I thought Christian Bale was good as the villain. Um, His motives um, were very unclear to me. I don't know what kind of what he wanted to achieve. But my favourite thing with the children in the film. Uh, the children that are, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> that, that Christian Bale's character kidnaps and they were hilarious. And I was laughing out loud and I don't think I was supposed to. Um, but yeah, I just thought this was a very kind of confused mess, to be honest. I, I was really disappointed in it because I was really excited for it. Um, and I think visually, yes, it's stunning. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of, like I said, there are elements of Gardens of the Galaxy here I just don't know what they want to do with Thor as a character um, moving on into the MCU. But yeah.
1: What do you yeah. think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I I, I thought it was just Taika with TT having, as you said, Dan, too much control and believing his own hype a little bit as well. And thinking, oh, everyone raved about Ragnarok. So, you know, I'm just going to carry on doing what I'm doing and um and yeah totally believe in his own, own hype and it was just tonally all over the place the fact that you've got this really sensitive storyline with natalie portman and then in the next scene you've as you said dan um the goats and and those goats just kept on reappearing and they like okay maybe it was chucklesome the first time <laughs> but like after like the Sixth time this joke was made with the goats. I was like, please, like, this is at least move on now. This is getting to the climax. This is getting to the point of, you know, the final showdown. And you're still making jokes about the goat. And I just think tonally it was all over the place. I'm with you. I really enjoyed Christian Bale's villain, actually, uh, which I know Marvel sometimes have issues with the villains. I thought he was like a creepy child catcher type uh, character and I'd love to have seen more of him if anything um, but yeah it was certainly all over the place it's probably the weakest I'd probably say Marvel film certainly of this current phase I would say and um, probably one of the weakest ones I've seen in quite some time it's interesting that it hasn't done well there's a lot of stuff going on around at the moment on the internet about uh, Marvel fatigue and people being fed up of Marvel and maybe the fact that now you have more Marvel than ever with all these Disney Plus shows maybe people have grown a bit tired of it and maybe people are like well I'll catch it when it's out I'm I'm just a bit tired uh, of Marvel at the moment so yeah very interesting that we all had it top three essentially and in every other year in, in any other sort of Marvel movie, I would probably be expecting that. So it's really interesting that it hasn't even gotten anywhere near the top three. really.
0: Yeah. I mean, I did give it a mild recommendation. I gave it a six out of 10, which is my like cut of, because if five, five is, is what I do is rotten. So it's I, it barely made the cut, um, <laughs> but I did like Dr. Strange better i thought the whole my biggest problem with thor love and thunder was i thought the whole segment with zeus was really boring i was struggling Mm -hmm. to stay awake to be honest it was was such a waste of russell crowe i just thought that whole part was bland i really liked everything with like you said the kid army was super fun um i liked everything with natalie portman that was fun uh, I like the whole concept of Christian Bale's villain. The idea that like what happens when we feel like God has abandoned us, and uh, and how how do we how do we deal with that? And so that was a pretty interesting concept for a movie like you know Thor: Love and Thunder to bring up. Uh, I'm not sure they dealt with it as well as they could, but it just gave you know kind of something to ponder. Uh, I you know, I love Ragnarok, uh, so it was definitely disappointing as a follow-up to that. Um, but uh, it had just enough for me to, I guess, give it a mild recommendation. But uh, but yeah, I do prefer Doctor Strange because uh, that was just, I was never bored in Multiverse of Madness like I was in that Zeus section.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it pushed the boat out a bit more. I feel like with Thor and Love and Thunder, it didn't really do anything new, anything particularly original, and you're right, you know, the, the whole character of Thor as well is a really interesting development since we first saw him. You know, this stoic, uh, Shakespearean, Kenneth Branagh-directed movie to him now being this goofy sort of, you know, Star-Lord-type character who just, yeah, and and yeah, it's really strange how he's developed to that, to be the sort of comic relief, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, we have been used to him being a, a central sort of uh, stoic character, so well, and yeah, you,
0: you do feel the loss of Loki. I think you need to have Loki in a yes. Thor movie. You just yes. need that dynamic between the two of them, because even even uh, Thor: The Dark World, I can't hate it like other people hate it. It's not great by any means, and I didn't go fresh on it, but I, that dynamic between Thor and Loki is still there, and that's yeah. solid.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred. Hopefully, the next time we see Thor he will have loki with him i hope so i hope in loki series two i think is out next year and i'm hoping we'll start to see some signs of um of the two reuniting because that will be great
0: i mean i guess people for a long time complained that marvel was too bland too bland Mm. too predictable and exactly what it's going to be um but now in in series four they have definitely taken a lot more risks But now people don't like that because it's not, you know, it's kind of messy, but Mm -hmm. so it's an interesting thing. I think I have enjoyed most of of stage four, uh, phase four. Um, I didn't love Eternals. That wasn't for me. I didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, It had moments, but it wasn't for me. But for the most part, I've liked everything else, at least on some level. And I really loved Loki. I thought that was super fun uh, that was my favorite of the shows, but I like Miss Marvel. I thought that was charming. Yes, yes. I don't
1: know. Yeah, Miss Marvel's probably been my favorite thing they've done um, in Phase Four so far. But yeah, and and you know, we said on our show when we were reviewing Doctor Strange, I think they are definitely at that point now where they have got to get that balance right. We need to see new stuff from them and we and we need to see them exploring different genres like horror which Doctor Strange you know almost certainly dives into um but yeah it's about getting that balance right and I think with this Thor it just leaned too heavily into the comedy and I just wish they would pulled it back a little bit especially with Portman's story just to mm, ground it a yeah. little bit more and to say okay we've had the fun let's let's get to the heart now and and it would have made the the ending all that more impactful but as it stood i was kind of like well that's something which is really sad but i don't really feel sad because i've just been you know chuckling at some goats five minutes ago so yeah really (laughs) weird really weird
0: we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies Smart store
1: are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life
0: What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party?
1: Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store.
0: Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to teepublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's teepublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies. Number four uh, was one of my most anticipated. No, it wasn't. It's Minions, The Rise of Gru. And here's the shocker. I actually went fresh on this. Oh,
2: wow.
1: Wow, no. My, my, my
2: dreams have come true.
0: <laughs> I has think this come is early. the best. Just pick a movie sequel
1: wow i I would
2: i would completely agree and if you can remember rachel neither of us were excited for this at all um and i i expressed my detest of minions and i said i was definitely was not going to watch it i was there opening (laughs) night of course (laughs) because i have no life Uh. um i was i was there and you're completely right i've not seen the first minions i don't really want to Uh, Mm, this film wasn't great Yeah, this one wasn't great enough for me to go back and rush and watch the first one, but I thought it was fine. I I thought it was a great, great voice cast. Um, The pacing was fab, uh, um, short runtime. um, And, you know, like, I really enjoyed the adventure and the journey the minions went on um I thought it was very educational no not really but um, <laughs> <laughs> um I mean and, and and there's some great sequences here that are involving them on the plane which you saw in the trailer um you know like I said it's, it's short it's snappy it keeps the pace going um I mean I was never not engaged with it I was I enjoyed it I mean will I watch it again mm, probably not Um, But I think it's performed really well. You know, it's hit the target audience, which is Young Children. Um, This and Super Pets have been kind of the only animated films out this summer. And this is, like I said, I predicted, I knew this would do well. Um, And yeah, I I think Universal, they are going to make more sequels to this, hands down. And yeah, I I thought it was fine. I liked it.
0: Well, and Super Pets did not make the top 10. No. No, it, uh, where is it on this list? Um, Twelve. It's 12. Mm-hmm. So you and Dan, you and I had that on our list. I had it at um, eight and you had it at six. There we so, yeah. but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really simple when it comes to comedies. If I'm laughing, it does its job. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. If it makes me laugh, then it's a success. And I was laughing throughout this whole movie. I thought the sequence on the plane was the funniest sequence we've ever had in this book with Me. It was <laughs> peak minions.
1: <laughs> Put, it it's true. Yes. Put it on it the poster. Put it on the poster. It was funny.
2: It was the creme de la creme. Of, uh,
1: <laughs> it
2: was the Pierre I de mean, Resistance.
0: Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, see, no. Th- the thing about the minions is that at their best they have sort of a silent movie kind of feel to them a like a chaplain-esque type of humor to them and that's what you got so well in that plane sequence it it that's what they kind of delivered is that kind of over-the-top silent movie type of of slapstick comedy
1: yeah yeah, no, that, that that's when they do it best. And I, I mean, I don't have a lot to say here. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. Um, I definitely think it benefited with the, the Gru moments. For me, that's, you know, what Despicable Me and the Minions movies should really be about, should be about Gru and, and, and the family. So I, I, I liked that uh, Gru had some sort of input in this one. And um, it wasn't just around the minions, and I, I liked how you know it sort of developed the relationship between the two. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was fine, colorful, uh, breezy, and um, and yeah, like I said, I we'll probably see another in literally about two two years. But this one had been delayed by quite a lot, hadn't it? It was like made what three years ago, I
0: think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did my first trailer reaction in in twenty nineteen
1: there we go so uh, that's crazy so they might already have another one made by now (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: they wore (laughs) me down yeah have another (laughs)
1: one in the oven (laughs) Uh,
0: and as usual with illumination they spent big money on the soundtrack
1: there were Mm, so many songs yes that always helps
0: (laughs) uh yeah they're evil geniuses (laughs) <laughs> and it was so funny. There was someone that was complaining about like them making the villains woke in in, in, Min- in Minions, Rise of Gru. And I'm like, they're all villains. That's the whole point.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't see that at all in the film. I mean, I, I think people love the term woke, don't they? <laughs> I mean w- w- woke is broke. Okay. We should stop <laughs> using it because people use it for everything. And, and and I don't even know what it means anymore. I mean, there are there are I mean there are genuine things that are, are very woke and in terms of like very extreme on one side. Um, but I mean if you just keep saying that everything is woke, it uses yeah. it, yeah, but yeah, very true. Right. <laughs> oh. uh, <Yes. laughs> all right.
0: Uh yes. So I had that at five minions. And Dan, you had it at three. And Joe, you had it at seven.
1: Right. Okay. So okay. it ended
0: up, and I certainly didn't expect this whole suit thing. You know, really I really, know. What that was, was that
1: all about? That was so strange. That Get was one yeah. of the weirdest things to come I, out of but...
2: I believe it's on an app called TikTok. Um, yeah. I've never heard of it before.
0: <laughs> it's bizarre.
2: I don't know.
0: Well, yeah. number three is Jurassic World Dominion. I had this at number one. The Twitter people convinced me to move it up to number one.
2: Don't listen to them. Know, the
0: yeah, what do they
1: know? The Twitter people. What do they know? Nothing. Yes. And then
0: uh, you both had it at two.
1: Mm, yeah, Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. this
0: movie was not good. It was. <laughs> it was so long, and I just. It, boggles my mind you have the chance to have a movie about dinosaurs in the real world that could could have been fun and you spend about 80 percent of your movie in some research facility <laughs> studying locusts what <laughs> i was just baffled i'm like what like the whole movie should have been the scenes in malta that was fun the rest of it ugh. and bryce dallas howard's character i just hate. Hate her characters yeah. so much. <laughs> 100 percent Yeah.
2: It was so I, I, bad. I, I have a I have a big debate about her with my girlfriend because she hates her in the first one but likes her progressively more. I'm the opposite. I loved her in the first Jurassic World because <laughs> she played this really catty, like quite um snarky businesswoman who hated everybody and just cared about the money. And she played that really well um and then the second film she joins a charity organization who wants to help the welfare of the dinosaurs <laughs> it's just complete opposite and then in this film she gets given so much screen time like chris huh? pratt you, you don't see chris pratt at solo he might as well be a tree in the forest because you just don't see him anywhere <laughs> yeah. he, he's in so much but i i do like her a bit more than you i think but you're right i think i i find her exhausting to watch but the like, first she's movie very- she's
0: the first movie she's so stupid it makes me crazy i mean if she said asset one more time i think i would just scream <laughs> and I just, just the fact that she doesn't just immediately evacuate the island hmm. is insane that she's like oh no we don't need to do that yet and you've got dinosaurs roaming including flying dinosaurs <laughs> it's crazy and the fact that like not everybody's at least indoors is ridiculous and they're all outside <laughs> but in this I just couldn't believe it. They have such an opportunity to make a fun movie with dinosaurs in the real world. Mm. And they went with locusts for like an hour.
1: I know. I felt bad for the legacy characters. I mean, to bring them back and then you can imagine that table read or that first initial meeting where they go, <laughs> welcome back to Jurassic Park, guys. And they're like, really excited. And they're like, okay, so what are we doing this time around? Are we facing uh, an Indominus? Uh, no, no, no. You're going to be dealing with locusts. We, we brought you back <laughs> after all these years yeah, to deal with locusts. And those scenes where the uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern meet for the uh, for the first time in like years, and they, they're talking about locusts and like the impact it'll have on farming. You can oh, you feel the pain, you can feel the boredom and you can just feel how dense that room was when they, when they shot that scene. It's just got no energy whatsoever. And you're right, the, the end of the last one set up this great premise where it was going to be like, we are getting an actual Jurassic World where the dinosaurs mm. are roaming free. And then it's like they just lost confidence in the idea they lost faith in it so like okay well we will we definitely have a little bit of this but we do need to get it back to so and i mean i thought that's why they blew up the island in the last film right so that they could avoid this happening again but we just end up on another island in in a in a compound with dinosaurs running loose again and you and, and the malta stuff is fantastic and to be honest i gave it a three out of five which is you know very middle of the road and I think without that multi-sequence, it probably would have been less because I think that is such a great set piece. And I did see it twice because I took my nephew to see it the second time. Uh, and, you know, that is just such a perfectly executed set piece, how, how they build it and when Chris Pratt's on the bike and the plane's about to take off. I just think that's a terrific sequence. So um, we needed more of that. And I think it would have been something special, but in the end, you're absolutely right. They they just didn't have the faith in themselves and, and we just got a, a very generic back to basics, same as any other Jurassic Park film we've seen. Yeah, and, boy, and did
0: they get it wrong when they bring back uh, when they bring back uh, Dr. Dodson and they think this is gonna be like <laughs> are the fans are gonna be like, ooh, Darth... Like what? Nobody cares about him. What do they <laughs> really <laughs> think? He's got like the shaving cream can and it's
1: just like, no. Oh. Yeah, well, that was that's such a bizarre like route to go down to with as, as a central. villain. And I've been watching the Netflix animated show as well, the Camp Cretaceous um, show. And that is fantastic, actually. And I sort of wish maybe they, they turned that into a film of like these group of kids left on the island when Jurassic World happened and, and them trying to survive. I mean that, that's quite a cool concept but in the most recent series they brought back Doug Dodgson again and I'm like oh my goodness like let it go let it go no. the guy from and, the, first, the first film for five minutes <laughs> and
0: and having Sattler and Grant have this romance or whatever just felt so cringe I was just like oh. yeah. I, I said in my review I said that of course it's fun for me to see Dr. Sattler Grant and Malcolm back but I would honestly rather see an interview of them talking about the original film than what we get here <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, I I think the moral of the story here is guys Nothing says fun like industrial farming and climate change. <laughs> yes. No, no, nothing gets bums on seats like industrial farming.
0: Yeah. Research oh, grants.
2: I, I, I was laughing so much there were some teenagers in my screening and they were like, Oh my gosh. They actually walked out in the first half an hour, which I think you know yeah. is terrible because the rest there are some good things here, but you're right, that first act is so sluggish and so dull. And you're right, so unnecessary. That whole plot line involving um the locusts um very strange and I, and I cannot believe they've released an extended cut with an extra 14 minutes we, we need we need yeah. to take 40 minutes off it what,
0: what's going <laughs> on well Trevor oh he said he's like friends don't let friends not watch the or friends don't let friends watch the theatrical cut and I was like yeah I said I well I guess Colin we're not really friends <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. We're <laughs>
1: friends yeah, yeah, if absolutely, and it's like movie. it's it's more dinosaurs, but it's like, is it really? I've read a description it, it, of all the added it could be, material. It could be more
2: locusts, though, and we don't want yeah. that. we don't want that.
1: Well, well, the thing is, the added footage is footage we've already seen. I mean, my nephew, I mean, he adores the Jurassic franchise. He knows everything it is about it, you know. And I think the added footage is literally um the 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 um prelude which you've already seen in IMAX theaters like the original trailer which has like the, you know that goes back 5 million years or whatever and then like um a short film which was released as well and oh, so like mean,
0: and that was yeah. good like the whole thing with the drive-in
1: yeah exactly yeah. so that's all they're adding so we've seen it before anyway so I I don't buy the whole yeah friends don't go watch the it was really
0: bad the more I thought about it the more I was just like wow
1: so mm. bad
0: uh the whole jurassic park franchise to me has been a huge disappointment it, it, the movie the first original movie changed my life it it made me fall in love with movies absolutely adore it and uh it, and then the first sequel came out and it was, i was so disappointed at the time <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> and, <laughs> and they just they always get me somehow managed to get me excited and they always disappoint me uh but um number two was dr strange multiverse mass we already talked a bit about that uh but yeah i mean i liked it i thought that wanda is compelling and uh, people complaining about it don't really makes it doesn't really make sense to me to me this was the logical next step from her character in wandavision um so yeah i didn't really understand those complaints they could have had more of the multiverse that would have been fun but stuff we got I enjoyed um so I don't know I had a good time with it I I thought it was fun
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) Uh, and and you're right it is a great extension I think of uh WandaVision I really loved the marketing behind this and I have to say it surprised me a lot this film um because I was not expecting with no spoilers but I was not expecting the central villain to be the central villain, if that makes sense. I thought I thought that was really clever how they did that and kept that secret and basically marketed it as one thing, and then going in it was something completely different. I love the the scares. I loved again that it was you know as I said earlier on dipping its toes into stuff that we haven't really seen Marvel tackle previously. So the horror genre and Sam Raimi is fantastic for that. And yeah, I, I thought it was just like that sequence where they sort of fighting um the two variants of fighting through music and like firing like oh, new, yeah, that was know, fun. notes and stuff. I just thought that was really cool and really inventive and probably more inventive than anything Thor Love and Thunder had in its entire runtime. So I loved that they were pushing the boat and trying new things and yeah, I I I really enjoyed this one.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think it was um I mean, I I, did, I didn't love it, but I think out of all the Phase Four films, it's the most ambitious. Um, having Sam Raimi back, um, allowing him to put his horror spin on it, was really clever. Um, it's it's quite a violent Marvel film. I think it's the most violent, the most gory. I'm really surprised here in the UK it got a 12A rating uh, because yeah, there's one, it was. one yeah one sequence in particular with Wanda. Um, and, and there are various cameos in that scene. I'm not going to spoil it still, but yeah, really gruesome at points. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought, um, I disagree about the whole multiverse. I think the MCU are really throwing their eggs in one basket and and putting a lot into the multiverse. Um, I, for me, I was like, this is getting way too complex. I think you're losing the heart of what the first Doctor Strange was about, which I adore. I think the first Doctor Strange is, is great. Um, but I think visually it's very interesting. Um, some great set pieces. Joe's right I did not expect Wanda to be the main villain in, in, in the in the film kind of gave that away I'm sorry spoiler alert <laughs> I <Spoiler alert. laughs> um, was, was so good haven't I, and I just let it rip well, I think it's
0: clear from the ending yeah. of WandaVision yeah, yeah. from the yeah. the um the uh post credit scene that that's what's going to happen that's why I didn't yeah. un- understand I'm like did people not watch the post credit scene in WandaVision because it was clear that that what she was doing she was reading the uh, whatever it's called that book mm. and uh, and ex- wants wants revenge
1: mm. the only
0: thing i was surprised that we didn't see any white vision
1: yes yeah that was strange they're sort of keeping him to one side for now it'd be interesting to see how they integrate him back into the uh the fold really mm-hmm. um but yeah that was a bit strange
0: i think that the best the of time. of. Phase Four is Shang Chi and mm. WandaVision.
2: yeah,
1: and Loki. Those
2: are I and No Way Home. I, I did love No Way. Home. Oh yeah, 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 yeah I, was I was like good No Way too. Home. Yeah, that was good yeah. To yeah. so that's yeah. the
1: thing. There has been a lot of good, mm. um, but they, you know yeah, Eternals, I thought was all right actually, but yeah, I think they they just as as they start to bring in you know new characters and and new ideas, it it is I think you know set in a few of the fans unfortunately mm-hmm. but um but yeah shang chi's been great and i hope they announce a yeah, the sequel so soon
0: so good all right number one we talked about it a little bit of course was oh i forgot to say so uh dan you didn't have dr strange in your top 10 because you didn't think yep. it was a summer release no, but i was wrong obviously. standing up on principle <laughs> there uh, <laughs> joe you had it at four uh, and uh, i had yeah. it at three. There we go. Oh wow. Well. Yeah. yeah so then i uh, so top gun maverick of course number one unbelievable it ended up being so good i've seen it three times wow my, wow. my dad who never goes to the movies ever saw it and liked it and tweeted wow. me i mean and and, and texted me <laughs> that he liked it i was like wow <laughs> he hasn't been to a movie in the movie theaters since like uh, we went and saw Les Mis in 2012. So <laughs> wow, he, like, he never Damn goes he to the movies.
1: That is uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was just yeah.
0: super well done, very crowd pleasing, very entertaining. I had very few flaws with it. It was just mm. well done.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely adored it and did not expect to. Um 14 weeks um, in the box office. It's gross well over a billion worldwide, which we didn't think was going to happen um, so soon after No Way Home. Um, And you're right, I think it's really united people to come to the movie theatre from, you know, different kinds of audiences. It's managed to appeal to everybody. And I think the main reason why, and, and Joe and I have spoken about this quite a lot, is that it's a film that isn't political. It isn't making a big statement. It's a film that is just telling a story. Um, and and a kind of classic storytelling that you would find in the 90s and early 2000s, which I feel like is missing from Hollywood. I feel like Hollywood nowadays wants to lecture us and wants to kind of feed um, agendas and politics a lot of the time. Disney's very guilty of that, I found, in the last couple of films they've done. Um, And this film is just, it's a great story. It's thrilling. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. Um, I'm really glad they delayed it so long um, I bet yeah. at a point Paramount were like, "Come on, Tom, but you know, we, let's just put it on streaming." And, he, and I'm so glad because you have to see it in the biggest screen. You have to see it um, in IMAX, you know, 4DX. However you watch it, um, you know, it deserves to be seen on the big screen. And I think it's had so much longevity. I mean, every week it seems to be like at number five or number four, and it just seems to be so consistent its numbers. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy about it. I mean, I, I will. I think it will stay at number one. Um, for the rest of the year um, unless maybe you know Black Adam or Avatar 2 comes along but yeah I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah,
0: yeah I saw it twice in the IMAX and then I actually saw it at the drive-in here and it was a perfect movie to see at the drive-in because you want really <laughs> simple movies at the drive-in because yeah. you don't always get the audio isn't always perfect and uh, so it's a perfect movie especially since I've seen it twice already uh, when I saw it at the drive-in. But uh but yeah, it was it was so entertaining. And I mean, how brilliant just to be like, we're just going to blow up the Death Star once again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. they did and yes.
1: it yeah. Yeah, but- exactly. Let's just go back to the blueprint of blowing up the Death Star and <laughs> see what happens. So I one hundred percent that's it. But yeah, I I I loved it. And I I don't like the first Top Gun. I I, I really don't like the first Top Gun. And I really, really enjoyed this. And I think, I I love Tom Cruise. I know people get wrapped up in his beliefs and so on and so forth. But I think, look, this is an actor who's like a Goliath within the industry who has the clout to tell these studios like Paramount, no, this needs to be, you know, for the theatrical experience, we're going to hang fire. And if you take it on off of out of cinemas and put it on streaming too soon, I will sue you. He is that type. He is that type of actor mm. who has that clout. I don't think there's anybody else working today quite like Tom Cruise. And I think the last Mission Impossible, um, you know, Fallout again, that had such great buzz. That was in cinemas. That seemed to play for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, that nearly made a billion. And I can just see this happening. I think Tom Cruise has created a brand around himself now of an actor who is all about cinema, all about the big screen experience. So when people see a new Tom Cruise film, like uh, Mission Impossible or or a Top Gun, they know that they're going to get a fantastic uh, theatrical experience. And I think it's been really weird seeing people like on my Facebook, like you were saying, Rachel, I had a lady who I worked with previously, years ago, and she posted saying she's been with her partner for about six years. They've never been to the cinema and they made their first cinema trip to see Top Gun Maverick. It's a really weird dynamic of all these people, even people who don't love cinema. There's something about Maverick which is pulling them to it. So I think it's magical and I think it's great that it's done so well and it's bringing people to audiences uh you know to cinemas and you know they they're capitalizing on it as well really well you know they're doing currently i think on weekends at at our cineworlds double bills with top gun uh, straight into top gun maverick so that's obviously you know getting the box office up as well um yeah just just a wonderful wonderful experience on the big screen and i can't wait to see mission impossible now next year and see how that does if it'll be a similar situation you know Mm because i can just see it getting bigger and bigger
0: yeah and you called it you had it at number one in the predictions
1: yeah Bravo. Bravo. but that again it was just the word of mouth thing because Mm -hmm. you know around that time was literally just as the film was screening for for critics and and certain audiences in previews and the word of mouth was just so strong about it. And I just had a, had a feeling because I, I, I just think that's so important these days. It's it, if, if somebody goes, if, if on Twitter, you see people tweeting about this film and it's trending or, you know, people go over to other people. Oh, I saw this film. I loved it, it. It gets people to cinemas. And I think people have also, I do think there's a little bit of fatigue with superhero movies, you know, uh, some, some, people now they're like where do I start they see Thor than the Thunder and they're like oh I've got to watch and I've got to watch 80 other films before I can watch this and I think it's a bit overwhelming so yeah. like, you're absolutely right this is a simple straightforward blockbuster and they don't even have to have seen the first film to get it really and I think that's part of its appeal as well
0: mm-hmm. well so you had Dan you had it at five i had it at four
2: (laughs) so So i'm gonna do my homework next summer (laughs) if if we ever do this again which i hope we do because it's been an absolute blast so thank you rachel um i'm gonna really put my joe hat on and i'm gonna i'm gonna be a good student i'm gonna study all year i'm gonna look at the figures and the box office numbers and i'm gonna do better and i'm not going to trust thor again
1: No, maybe, maybe just take a punt now and say next year's will be Mission Impossible. Uh, just yeah. do that. Maybe the yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. effect. Just say right now, next year's highest grossing summer movie. Yeah. Will next be year's Mission highest Impossible. grossing film would be Woody's <laughs> Roundup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know I already mentioned Marcel the Shell, but do we have any other uh movies that didn't make the top 10 that we enjoyed this summer? I I know one for me is the Phantom of the Open. This was a charming movie about the world's worst worst golfer. Um, I also really loved the outfit. Such a well-done script. I'm normally not a big mafia person, but Johnny Flynn. Oh, he's the best. Um, (laughs) Oh, Johnny
1: Flynn, eh? Wow. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) I also really enjoyed Chippendale. I didn't think I would, but I thought it was hilarious and very clever um 13 lives i think is very underrated they did a great job the documentary is better but still ron howard did a good job i think um i actually really enjoyed the bob's burger movie i didn't think i would because i'm not that big a fan of the show but i liked it um the new father of the bride movie was surprisingly good uh and well then i love that series and and then the last one i will mention is mrs harris goes to paris which is oh, so no. charming uh that uh uh, that I think is the kind of movie that I would take my mother to. <laughs> she <would like> it. <laughs>
1: it's so Yeah, cute. we haven't got that yet. That's next oh, okay. month, I think, for us. So uh, yeah, it, it, very excited about that. Um, and if you, but, if you haven't
0: had a chance cool. to see RRR, that's also so good. Yes, yes, yes. it's
1: on Netflix. So mm-hmm. I need to find the three hours, the spare three hours to like watch it and give it the mm-hmm. the full attention it deserves, I think. Um, by a few great things, but um, a, a couple of mine. I mean, Prey on Disney Plus, that was terrific. I mean, again, talking about sort of you know sequels for for films made years ago. I think I think it it, it was a, an astounding sequel and probably the best uh, since the original film. Um, I also really liked uh, I liked the Bob's Burgers movie. Really enjoyed that. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers again. Absolutely loved that. I mean, yeah. again, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit for for the modern day? Just, just, I'm I'm disappointed a little bit that, that they put it on um on Disney Plus. I would have loved to have seen that in the cinema. Um, and I think that's about it. To be honest, everything else I've sort of found very middle of the road. To be honest with you, what mm-hmm. about you, Dan?
2: Yeah, same. Bob's Burgers was um the cinematic highlight of my year. No, just kidding. <laughs> um no, I, I like Bob's Burgers. Um uh, Chippendale wasn't keen on. um uh, what else was out this year? Um, oh, what else did I like? Um, i I really, really enjoyed prey um as well. So it's some good some good streaming this year, really good, especially in the summer season. Um, but no light year fourth time is happening (laughs) so that was me
0: (laughs) well this was so much fun thank you so much i know this is a long podcast but i really enjoyed enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming and talking about the summer movie season uh if you're all listening let us know what your uh, predictions were what you think of the movies if you got to see them and uh and so where can people find your podcast and everything
2: uh, I think this is my job now. So um, it is. we are. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even have an auto cue. I can just recite it off memory. So um, w- we are the Dan and Joe Film Show. You can catch us. Um, uh, you can find us on Facebook online under the Dan and Joe Film Show. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at DJ Film Show. That's at DJ Film Show. You can also catch all of our old episodes on Mixcloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah.
0: And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, make sure you check out the Hallmarkies podcast for all things rom-com and holiday. And uh, and if you are listening to this episode on iTunes and uh, to Dan and Joe's podcast, leave us all your, your five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. <laughs> and if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the Patreon group and merch store. Check out that. And uh, thanks so much to both of you. And we will talk to you all next year for the next summer box office. <laughs>
1: Look forward to it. Brilliant. Thank you very bye, much. Everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.